0: Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Just before we uh, open up our Bibles to continue our subject today, um, I know what, what we need to talk. We're going to finish up our last section on angels this evening. But the Lord said something to me when I was preparing. And, he, and just a simple thing, I don't know who it's for. I mean, it's for all of us, but I just somebody needs to just hear this. But I heard him say, just before you preach, I want you to tell the congregation that faithfulness, faithfulness, is what I'm looking for. Not looking for skill. He's looking for skill, don't get me wrong, but I'm not looking for them to be the most educated people. I'm not looking for them to be the most skillful people in every single area, although skill comes with time and with faithfulness, but I'm looking for faithfulness because faithfulness will allow me to promote them. So whoever that's for, that's really for all of us, but I encourage you as your pastor to just be faithful. Be faithful in your job where you are. Be faithful to the local church. Be faithful in your time with prayer with, you know, with God privately in your prayer time where nobody sees you and nobody's looking and nobody's taking notes and say, oh, look what he's doing. Look how long he's spending. Look look how he's studying. Where only God sees you, just be faithful. Be faithful where he's called you. And he said to me, one of the reasons I'm blessing you, Craig, is because you're, not, you're certainly not perfect and, and, and none of us are. You give me, show me a perfect, uh, a perfect pastor and I'll, uh, you, won't, you can't find one. Show me a perfect church, you can't find one. Because people aren't perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yes. Offices are perfect, but, but people, impure, imperfect people stand in offices, right? And so uh, th- it doesn't. We don't have to be perfect, but we. But faithfulness is something that he's looking for. And even in our imperfection, he said, not because you're perfect. Certainly not because you're perfect, but because you've been faithful. Yes. You know. You know. I'm. 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 Uh, I don't. Most ministers don't say this. Well, they let's say put it this way. They won't admit it. <laughs> but it's the truth. Sometimes I'm tired. I don't want to come to church. And I say to Jenny, I'm I'm not going. She says you have to go. I said give me one good reason why I have to go. She says, because you're the pastor. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's a good reason. I'll, I'll, now, very, rarely do I, very rarely do I feel that way. But every now and then, you know, you're just tired or you've had a hard day or things haven't gone the way you planned them to go for that day. And you just feel like, you know, I. and then you start justifying it. And then what you do is you start giving God your resume. Have you ever done that? Well, Lord, don't you remember I did this and I sewed extra $50 on Sunday. And don't you remember I called that person when you asked me to go? We start telling them all the reasons as though that's going to change his mind on faithfulness and we but then if you just quiet in your own mind and listen and then the Holy Spirit says I just want you to be faithful I can't tell you how many times over the years I've just come don't feel like it no anointing no nothing I just come to be faithful and and usually you do sense the anointing and God's there and you're so grateful you came but occasionally you may not even feel that much but you just leave at least without anything else you know I was faithful and and there's and there's promises for the faithful man they abound in blessings. There's promises for the faithful man. There's promotion. If, if people can just be faithful, amazing things could happen in their life. Yes. Amazing things could happen if they can just be faithful. And the Bible says it's hard to find a faithful man. Yes. It's hard to it, because people are, are, are not faithful by nature. But when the Holy Ghost is getting a hold of you, he'll make you faithful. Amen. Amen. So I just encourage you, just continue to be faithful, faithful in your giving, faithful in your praying. Your payday doesn't come every day, but it always comes. God keeps good records and he keeps good books and he will make sure he rewards the faithful. Amen. So just remember that. Amen. Well, turn with me, please, if you would, again, to the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter numero uno. That means chapter one. For those of you that aren't bilingual like myself. Um <laughs> Hebrews. She brews as well, but we're going to go to the Hebrews part today. Uh, chapter one. <laughs> chapter one. Sorry. I know you're not, you don't find it funny. I don't, I don't either, but I'm just happy today. Praise God. Amen. Uh, yeah. Cause some of you aren't. So I have to be extra happy for all of us. I have to carry your weight too. Uh, verse 13 but to which of the angels said he at any time sit at my right hand until I make your enemies thy footstool are they not all ministering spirits send forth to minister for though, for them who shall be heirs of salvation and so you know there's obviously a measure that angels can help to a measure up until a certain point theologians argue on this point I don't really know scripturally anywhere where it gives us definitive answers uh So some people that believe angels will help you even if you're an unsaved person all the way through your life Uh, I don't really believe that because I believe angels work with covenants And 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 that if you're in covenant with god, they will help you But then there's others that believe which which very well may be true That because god knows in his foreknowledge, he doesn't predetermine who gets saved Okay, he gives everybody a choice But he does know in his foreknowledge who is going to get saved You understand he didn't he didn't determine it, but he does know who's going to make that choice. So some people believe if and the ones that are going to get saved are technically an heir of salvation. An heir is somebody that hasn't received it yet. Right. Hasn't received their inheritance yet but but so some people believe and there probably is some truth to that i'm not exactly sure myself but there's some people that believe that uh that god knows in his foreknowledge although he doesn't determine it but he knows who's going to be born again and those individuals angels will work with them all their life until uh, up until they're saved and after they're saved because they're an heir of salvation and they use this verse as proof of that there's other people that believe no up until the age of accountability which is different for every person uh, we know it's usually 20 years and, and younger when, when people know the, the, the eternal consequences of their actions and that's when they need to be born again or they're not going to go to heaven. M- most people believe that, at least that, I'm, that I hang out with, that up until that age, and it's different for every person, but it's usually in the teenage years, up until that age, angels will work for them. But then once that, once that age passes and they need to be born again, those angels are limited in what they can do until they get born again and then they'll work with them on, from that point forward. And then other people believe that angels work with everybody on the earth. It doesn't matter whether you're saved or not. Say, I don't believe that at all because I can't really find that in scripture. But either way, you you make your own decision on that. I'm sure that that there is a measure where it says heirs of salvation. So there is a measure where angels can assist. And I've heard many ministers say that angels, like Dr. Jacobs, I've heard him say that before he even got saved, angels were were helping and saving his life in different areas. So that, because he was an heir. Obviously, if there's going to be some measure of help to an heir, how much more to the son, yeah. to, the, to the one who's no longer just an heir, but one who's actually inherited the promise. There's obviously a lot of help for us. You can argue whether they help others or not. Not, I'm not. That's not really my concern, to be honest with you. That's just a theological discourse that people have. I'm not in that category of an unsaved person, and neither are you. So it doesn't really matter whether they do or not. You can form your own opinion on that. What I do know is that they're here to help us, because I'm not just an, an heir to it. I've actually inherited salvation. I'm a saved person and angels are here to minister for me, and I remember I told you that people have been saying for years, and I believe it, and there's many Old Testament scriptures to prove it, that angels will help us in financial areas, but I said, but Lord, I want a New Testament for that, because I just don't want Old Testament, because I live in the New Testament, and we should not form doctrine, Dad Hagen always said this, you don't really form doctrine unless you can find scripture for it in the New Testament, and at least two witnesses, if not three, two or three scriptures, because Certain things in the Old Testament, of course, they go into the New Testament. But if it's, a, if it's for us in the New Testament, there's got to be scripture in the New Testament. Are you with me? For example, there's a whole group of people that are all hyper on Red Bull about the feasts of Israel. And they want to do this feast, and, they want, and there's some churches that are like totally obsessed with it. The reason why Dad Hagen warned against that kind of stuff is because you can't find it in the New Testament. It's an Old Testament issue, and that doesn't mean we we shouldn't know what they are and that we shouldn't know the symbolism of those feasts for the ages. Like, for example, Jesus is coming on the Feast of Trumpets. The rapture is going to happen on the Feast of Trumpets, 100% guaranteed. There's nothing wrong with knowing that. But you don't have to celebrate, as a church, the Feast of Trumpets every year like some Jewish churches that have a real Jewish bent to them. That's not necessary because you don't find that doctrine in the New Testament with Scripture. So be very careful that what we believe has New Testament scripture to make a doctrine for us. Because then you start getting over into legalism and the law. And your heart may be right, but it can cause you to stumble in some things. Do you understand? So that's why Dad Hagan always said, if you can't find it in the New Testament, old as well, because the new is the fulfillment of the old. So you'll find, if you you see it in the new, you're going to see it in the old. But you've got to find scripture for it in the new in order for this to become doctrinal. Do you understand? So about angels and specifically about their help with money. I believe Dr. Dufresne's vision, I believe when the taco bell angels showed up the building that he wanted to buy they called it they're not called the taco bell angels that's not their name that's what he named them because the building was owned by taco bell and he wanted to buy that and when they came with dented armor and they said we've come from heaven to straighten out your finances and he said well thank you and they looked at him and he said well thank you and they looked at him and he said what are you waiting for the command of faith and he quoted philippians 4 13 my my god shall so for 19 my god shall supply all my needs and the, They flew out the window and within a few months that man came with the three hundred thousand dollars. Well, I believe that vision He's not a liar. He was my father. I know he's telling me the truth I know that angels were there to help with finances I know there was some kind of a battle in the heavenlies because otherwise they wouldn't have dented armor yeah. Nigel, there was a reason why they had dented armor. Yes. Why did dr? Stiff see fit to tell us that detail yes. He didn't tell me what their hair color was or how tall they were yes. But he did tell me that they had dented armor There was a reason why the prophet said that because he's letting us know there is a battle over money in the realm of spirits there is a withholding an attempt to withhold things because you need money to preach the gospel it's free but it's not cheap if it was (laughs) i didn't call air canada and say i'm going to preach in the philippines give me the clergy free ticket because if I did, they'd say, no problem, and they'd put me with the, with the dogs underneath the cavern, you know, where you freeze to death over the Pacific Ocean. And they'd give me the little shh, sh- sh- a with a Parker. That's your clergy free ticket. Yeah. No, it costs money to get on that plane. So it's free. What we're preaching is free, but what we're preaching ain't cheap. And takes money to do it. And angels are there to help us with money. But I still said, Lord, I know there's Old Testament. I believe these men that have talked about it and that have had visions. And Dad Hagen had many visions with angels helping him. I said, but I want doctrine. I want New Testament. You've got to give me. If it's, if it's for me, then there's got to be some scripture on this in the New Testament. And, and the Lord was so kind. And he said, no problem. So he gave me this. And really, there's two, as I told you last week, that says, they, are they not all ministering spirits? Remember? And that word ministering in English sounds like the same word minister, but it's, the, it's a different word. So are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? English word is the same. Greek word is totally different. And so within one verse, he gave me two different, from that perspective, two different confirmations or different witnesses about the financial area. And you remember as a quick summary, I told you that that word uh, that that first word to the second word are the not minister ministers were sent forth to minister that's their job description attendant or servant and there's really uh, there's really three levels of root words to that but the first and the primary one is elimosonary mm-hmm. elimosonary which is a distribution of alms or finances to those in need it's really from the medieval times but that word is what is associated with angels. And so I told you last Wednesday, there's if you just this one word, this one word minister has three sections to it. One is supply, one is service, and one is safety, because this one word has three aspects to it. And the first one is that they distribute finances to those in need. So here we've got from scripture a direct in that one word. Direct indicator not just in general because the next one is to serve as a waiter serves at tables But that's general they could serve in a lot of different areas And then the next the last word is safety that they will protect and it actually means technically They will pursue and persecute to follow hard after and to cause your enemies to flee but again, that's kind of a general a general attitude of protection and then to serve as a waiter would serve tables is a general attitude of service But now, so those are two generals, but on the supply side, it's very specific about money. It doesn't just say they'll supply, that could be strength, that could be direction, that could be encouragement, but it specifically means to distribute alms or finances to those in need, Mm elimosinari. So there's the first witness. And then the second witness is that other word, are they not all ministering spirits? That's their macrocosm that's their that's that's not exactly what they do it is what they do but it's more of a general term the word minister is more their specific job description and i and i told you already that that word here is 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 liturgicos or liturgio or liturgos and it means basically to serve in public public service to the church and so one of the if you study it one of the examples given is that there were people that would serve. So obviously attendance in the church, they serve. They're serving publicly. What do they do? They serve the needs. Think about people back then in in the temples, but also today pastors. What do we do? We serve the people. We serve the ministry. We're serving the church corporately as a corporation, but we're also serving the people. I'm a public servant from that perspective, but it means, but it's where we get the word liturgy. So it's, it's religious in its connection. It's not just a public servant like I'm a, like I'm a member of parliament public servant. This is specifically in a public service within the church. It's a, it's a servant of the church that is publicly serving in the church. But that's where this word ministering spirits comes from. So just as the picture is, as a minister would stand to serve the corporation or the church as well as the individual. So angels stand in the church. To serve the corporation and the individual so they are public servants but then there's another little aspect which which the lord showed me which i thought was wonderful because this is the second witness because that's in general they serve you know when you serve in the church you serve in lots of different areas you help people you clean you do lots of things angels have variety of jobs they serve in lots of different areas corporately and individually in other words they're serving the church as a whole as a corporation but they're also serving you as an individual person within the church but then there's a there's kind of like if you study it further then there's another root word where it's specifically talking about rich greeks that would come in the time of jesus that time when it was written and they would bring large gifts and they would give it to the state in order to give to the poor the state would would issue that money out to the poor and that was called doing a public service because remember this word means to publicly serve but there's an image there. There's a connection in the Greek and it actually specifically is the Greek word. And I didn't, I didn't pronounce it right last time because I didn't realize that it, it was silent, that some of the letters are silent. So it made, threw me off. And of course you can't find a pronunciation thing on Wikipedia because I only do English. <laughs> so, but, but there's some silent vowels and different things, but really it's a simple word. It's just liturgia. And that word liturgia, what it, what it's specifically referring to is that these, these Greeks, this is where we get that word angel ministering spirits from. The rich Greeks would bring financial aid to the state, which by, by, by extension went to the people. And it's saying that the angels do the same thing. What do they do? They bring financial aid to the church, which is symbolic of the state, the church, the corporation, and then by extension, individual people who are citizens of the state or who are members of the church. Do you understand? and there's a second witness liturgia not they're not just in general like ministers in general serve the people in the church angels in general are here to serve they do public service they serve the church they serve you but it specifically means liturgia that they will bring finances to serve the church and also the individual within the church just like the rich greeks did God is using that as a parallel so that we'll understand the ministry of angels and how it operate, how they operate and part of what their job description is. And I just think that's, that's wonderful. I mean, I really do. I think that's, to me, that is, that's just such a confirmation because I asked God to help me and show me what it really meant. So we know here, uh, it says here in, in in the Greek dictionary, it says angels, well, this liturgios, the original word is to the state and the citizens of the state, this public service, which means now to the public church as a corporation. Now listen now, are you listening? But also to, in I'm quoting now, to individuals whose lives are in the service of the church and the gospel. Just like the individuals whose lives were in the service of the state could have access to the wealth from the state that came through rich liturgia so individuals that's me whose life is in the service of the church and the gospel has rights to receive that same service and financial aid as the corporation receives from the liturgia or the angels who's tasked with bringing wealth to help the local church the corporation, its needs and the individual whose life has been given in service to the church and the gospel so if you are an individual and you look at yourself and say as my life have i given my life in service to the church and the gospel if the answer is yes and if you're part of this church the answer is yes it means that you qualify for angels to bring you financial aid i say is this a real church are we a preacher of the gospel is this where we preach jesus is this a real church if the answer is yes Am I a public servant of the gospel in this church? If the answer is yes, are you individuals given your life in the service of the church? If the answer is yes, then the liturgia are assigned to help me. Like the rich Greeks were assigned, were helped the state. Where do they, where they get their wealth? Angels don't have the wealth in and of themselves, but they've got connections. (laughs) I got connections. I got a lot of connections. I'm sure my angel talks just like that. I'm certain of it. He's got connections. He can work things behind the scenes. He knows people that I don't know. He can influence people like he did with the man in the purple tracksuit to bring money as we need it. Angels are there to help us. We've got to believe in their ministry. We've got to recognize this is doctrine. There's not just a nice thought that we're trying to believe what Dr. Dufresne's vision was. And let's just hope it's true. And just let's just run with it. And if anybody asks us, we just say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Because we don't have scripture to back it. No, i got scripture to back it. I'll stand toe to toe with any person. I've got scripture to back it. And in that one verse, I've got two witnesses. That they are illimosinary, they are distributors of wealth. And they are liturgia, they are are bringers of wealth to the church and to the individuals whose lives are given in, in, in service to the church. Praise God. So then I got a little bit, a little bit arrogant. Not arrogant, I got a little bit ornery. And I said, Lord, I thank you for the two witnesses. You said out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every doctrine be established. You've given me two witnesses in the same verse, mind you. But I said, Lord, I'm a little bit of a stickler. That's just really two witnesses, but it's really one verse. And I know that, you know, there was no verses when they wrote it. It was just one long thing. So technically, but I said, it's still in my Bible, one verse. I want another one in the new testament mind you that tells me that angels will help me with finances otherwise i'm not preaching it as doctrine i can talk about it like i believe it but kind of keep my tail between my legs and run away before anybody really questions me because i can't go toe-to-toe with anybody unless i know doctrine are you with me when i know doctrine i don't care what you say you're wrong and the bible's right do you understand and the lord said no problem son and he took me to james chapter 5. So would you please go with me to James chapter five? And he said, here's your second witness. So now technically, if you take the two from Hebrews 1:14 plus this, I've really got three, but it's two verses. Now, James chapter five is an interesting scripture. So let's read that together. And uh, I'm gonna read it to you from the James chapter five, verse four. Let's start with now verse one. Go to now ye rich men, Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Verse 3, your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and you shall eat your flesh as it were fire and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just and he doth not resist you. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waited for the precious fruit of the earth, having long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. And it goes on. This is a rebuke to those rich ones that have got rich by ungodly means. And that God don't mind people being rich but he doesn't want you being rich by ungodly means he wants you being rich you can be rich but do it the right way don't do it the wrong way and so I want to read this as well James chapter 5 and verse 4 from the amplified please if that's okay with you because you just you know you don't come to a a cheap church you come to somebody that will read it to you with another translation that's why you pay extra in your tithes and offerings that's why you give extra offerings because I'm gonna read it to you from other translations just remember for every translation another 10 bucks please i'm just kidding don't get offended now but it says verse four but look here are the wages that you have withheld by fraud from the laborers who have reaped your fields crying out for vengeance and the cries of the harvesters have come into the ears of the lord of hosts now the new living translation says it this way listen the hear the cries of the field workers who you have cheated of their pay the cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You, you see, there's lots of different ways that it says that, but it's, it's saying it. Praise God. Now, what is, what, is that, what is they really saying here? There's some guys that have worked for you. Okay, this is my very simple translation. This guys that have worked for you, you owe them money you have kept that money back fraudulently because you're too cheap to pay them. But they have earned that money and you've done it fraudulently. Now those laborers that have worked for you are crying for their wages to be returned to them because they have been fraudulently held back. Pay attention to that phrase, fraudulently held back. Now those people that have been ripped off basically are crying and their cry has come into the ears of the Lord who controls angels. Right, yeah. Why didn't it just say the Lord? Why does it add angels? Right, yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Catch the hint. Put one and one and together makes two. Connect the dots. God is saying the cries of the ones whose money was held back has come into the Lord who controls Angels. In other words, the angels have got something to do with getting that money to that person who was ripped off And whose money was held back. Otherwise, it wouldn't say angels Are you with me? This is not very hard to understand now that word cries the cries the cries of the workers that is not the word in the greek <laughs> that, ain't that word because when you do that angels just look at you That doesn't help It's not cry like wailing sadness pain. It's not that kind of crying What it means is are you listening in the greek? It means a shout A call or a command For help or aid And there's a greek picture because greek is a picture language. There's a greek picture associated with that word cry You know what it is the dogs. Now remember it's a symbol. We're not calling angels dogs, but this is the symbol This is the picture it's a picture of a man of those, like in, like, in, like in old England, you've seen paintings of it, where those guys, they, you know, they've got a shirt, suit and tie on even when they're going hunting. <laughs> and they're on their horses, and there's all those beagle-looking kind of dogs around them, and they're going on the hunt. Now, they've done this for centuries in lots of cultures, not just England, but that's the image I think of. When I think of those, they're going hunting the fox, or they're hunting the deer, or they're hunting whatever. You know what I'm saying? And they've got all those dogs. Have you ever seen pictures of that? And all the dogs are <laughs> and they're just crazy. They're all on steroids, all those dogs. And they love to hunt, and they love to run, and they love to catch things. And they love to find things. And then as they're about to go, the people, those horsemen, those hunters, they call to the dogs. Now, the word they actually use back in those days is the word halloo, H-A-L-O-O now in the greek dictionary it actually says the word "halloo" because it's trying to associate the way that they would yell to the dogs is the way you yell to angels yeah. Yeah. and they would say hello hello let's go let's go come on come on and those dogs <laughs> and they start to run and the dogs go ahead of those guys on the horses because they're on the scent trail and they're finding that quarry yeah. Yeah. do you understand but to it actually means an incitement to incite to stir up to rouse to action And they shout to those dogs that you don't have, they don't have to say the word halloo, but the Greek dictionary says the word halloo because traditionally that's the actual word that they would say. It's halloo, halloo. It means, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's a word of incitement and and to rouse to action of the dogs. Listen, are you listening now? To go ahead of the rider to pick up the scent trail and find the prey. Now, this is the Greek picture of the ones who have been fraudulently ripped off. Their money's been held back. They call, they cry, but not tears. They call, they command. And they cry out with that same word of incitement to rouse to action. For what? For angels, the dogs are symbolic of angels, to go, where do they go? Ahead of us to pick up the trail and to cause the money that has been held back to get back into our hands. That's exactly the Greek picture as the dogs go, but notice the dogs will not move until the rider gives them a cry of incitement to arouse them to action and says, move it! And then, shh, they go. What he's saying is unless the workmen cry and call and command to incite the angels to action, the angels will not go. But when you cry into god's ears but into the ears of the angels now take this through new testament doctrine not old testament because the old testament they didn't have a right to command the angels themselves that's why you don't see even jesus didn't but he operated as a prophet of the old testament in the new testament we are now the body of god we are the body of christ seated with jesus in heavenly places have been given the authority to command and the authority to bind and loose so it's different with me than it is with john the baptist And the least of you is greater than John the Baptist because the least of you have God in you and John never had God in him. And so all of us are seated. John was never seated. All of us have a right to say to angels, God says, his word says. They won't just listen to you, but they will listen to when you say God's word says. Because they hearken Verse Psalm 103, 20, the voice of the word. The word has to be given voice by who? By God. But who am I? I'm God's body. You got to renew your mind to who you are. You're not a worm like they told you in the other church. You're not, you're not just a a, a little thing with slithering on the ground. Oh, woe is me. I'm such a loser. No, you're God's body. Jesus is God. Christ is God. I am the body of Christ or the body of God. I am part of God. And I'm seated with God. So when I speak God's words and the angel hears part of the body speaking the father's words, they obey the part of the body. That's right. But unless I call and command and incite them, right. rouse them to action, yes. yeah. they just sit there and look at you. Yeah. 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 Are you listening? Amen. But money has been held back. Yes, yeah. They're professionals at picking up the trail. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh my God. When I saw this, I almost fell off the chair. I said, Jesus, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. He said, son, there's lots you don't know that's in the Bible. But you asked me to give you two witnesses. I gave you two. Then you got ornery with me and asked me for another scripture. And I'm giving you another scripture. And this is all about angels and money. I don't care what any religious person says. I'll go toe to toe with them every day and twice on Sunday on this doctrine because I've got scripture for it. I don't just got doctor's vision, which adds a cherry on top. I don't just got dad Hagen's vision, which adds some extra details. To add a little bit of extra padding to the word, give me more insight. But I've got doctrine for this. My job as your pastor is to give you doctrine as well as the fluffy stuff like visions. I'm giving you doctrine. You can stand on the scripture. You can say, "Now listen." And then when I was studying this, I heard the Holy Ghost say, "Oh my God!" I heard Him say it so loud and it so blessed me. And this is what this is what I heard in my spirit. Pat Do- Dad Hagen's book, "How God Taught Me About Prosperity," is based on this scripture. I said, but Lord, he didn't even quote the scripture in his book. It's not that he didn't know it, but he just didn't choose to quote it in that book. And I said, well, Lord, what do you mean by that? He said, don't you remember what I told him? Read that little book. Take you about 20 minutes if you're a fast reader. If you're like me, take you 35 minutes. If you're like some of you, take you six hours. But just read it. It's only this big, small book, but just read it. Some people read real slow, but then they memorize as they read. Other people read real fast. Then they have to go and read it again and again and again to really get it. So however you want to read it, read it, but read it. Because Jesus said to him when he was struggling financially, he said, all the money that you need is on the earth. It's not in heaven, it's on earth. You can't, I don't have a printing press in heaven because that would be fraudulent. Do you understand? Because some people are waiting for God to just drain, you know, the little brown bills that we have, you know. We like the brown ones. If you can't get a brown one, you go for a red one can't get a red you go for green then purple then blue and then coins if you can't have enough faith for a blue that's we used to have a pink one that was a thousand dollar bill but now they've they've done away with that because the people were stealing (laughs) so so we we just we go for the Browns not the Cleveland Browns brother we go for the Browns the the dollars see the US don't have they're boring they got no, no imagination and it's all the same ugly color but we we're imaginative here we're not make ours from no cotton. We make ours from plastic, buddy. Plastic. I show Pastor Nancy, he goes, what is this? I said, plastic. I said, we're in the, this is modern age, Pastor. I said, your country still deals with cotton and trees and they're ruining the rainforest. Canada's cutting edge. We deal with plastic. Come on now, brown plastic. But he ain't raining down brown plastics from heaven. He isn't. He said, I can't do it that way. That's fraudulent. All the money you need is on the earth. Now listen, listen, Mm -hmm. because as I was studying this, he reminded me of that little book. Jesus told Dad Hagan, he said, all the money you need is on the earth, but it is being, are you listening? Mm -hmm. Held back from you by the devil. We have rights to certain things, but the devil has fraudulently held back what we own. See this scripture? They're being held back. The cries of those whose money has been held back from them. Who's the fraudulent one? The devil. Who's the one holding my money back? The devil. That's what Jesus told Dad Hagan. So he said, don't talk to me about money the way you're praying because I can't answer you. Because he was praying, God give me money. If you pray that way, God can't answer that prayer. Why can't he give you money? Because he can't give it to you from heaven. It would be fraudulent. What you don't pray that way. He, t- he was praying wrong and that's why he wasn't never getting his prayers answered So jesus taught him when you pray about money, don't beg me Don't plead don't cry. Don't pray the way you're praying. It's not working for you. He said is it working for you? No, it's not working. I still got bald tires. I can't feed my kids. He said because you're not praying, right? He said you're asking me to send money to you, but I can't do it that way because it'd be fraudulent. No, the money's on the earth But it's being held back by the devil. So don't talk to me. Remember what he said to moses? Don't talk to me. Hold your staff out that's right. Same principle don't talk to me about your money Kenneth. It's being held back by the devil now We got a verse here held back fraudulently yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Now he said what you do is you say I claim in Jesus name That's the act of faith yeah. this amount yeah. Now because it's being held back speak to the one that's holding it back say devil take your hands off my money Quit holding it back And then what do he say the third thing that Jesus is giving him doctrine This verse is not even in his book, but his verse, Jesus knows this verse, even though it's not in his little book, because his book is predicated on this verse. When it's held back, tell the angels to go get it. Now Jesus added another aspect to it. Tell the devil to take his hands off it because he's the one holding it back. And then release the angels and say, go angels, ministering. In fact, he said ministering spirits. He even quoted Hebrews 1.14. Go ministering spirits and cause, he used the word cause, cause the money that I need that has been held back to come. And then he said, now your mind's not going to understand how that's going to happen. So if you get in your brain about it, you'll start doubting. You'll start saying words of doubt. So all you do is now focus on me. Keep your eyes on me and just praise. Father, I praise you. It's all going to come to pass. I praise you. It's all going to come to pass. I praise you. It's all going to, angels, you're working every day. I think about it. And so he said, I'll test it, Lord. I'll test it. See, Dad Egan was very pragmatic. You'd think when Jesus said it, he'd just, okay, great. But he said, well, I want to see if this works before I preach it. I love that. And Jesus don't obviously mind. He didn't take offense to that. He said, I'm gonna test this, make sure it works, because I've never heard anybody in my life ever say these words. I've never heard any theologian ever say these words. That angels could help us with money, and that the devil's holding it back. Everybody prays and asks you for money. But those prayers don't work. So he said, I'll test it. And he never he never took heavy offerings, he never pressured people anyway. But he just went to the next church, and he said, Pastor, this is what I mean. He said, Brother, he said, you know, we, we, there's no way we can do that, what you're believing for. These are in the Depression days, there's no way we can do that. There's no possible, not Depression days. That was after that. It was around World War II. But he said, it's, it's, we're poor church. We're a small church. We can't, he said, don't worry about it, Pastor, and don't pressure your people. I'm just asking you to get into agreement with me and what, what I need. Yes, yeah. This is what I need, and he told the money. It was an impossible figure for, what they, for us. It's pennies, but for them, it was big back then in the forties, do you understand? And so what he said is he went back to his room and he said, father, I claim this amount. I reach out my hand of faith and I take it by faith. See, that's where your authority comes in. Just like you have authority to tell the devil, you have authority to tell angels. You also have authority to receive things. That's why he gets aggressive and says, it's mine. I take it now. Why? That's authority in the name of jesus i claim it now devil take your hands you're holding it back and i commend you to let it go now angels remember the cry goes into the ears of the god who controls angels now angels i give you the cry the call or the command of faith and i say go and cause that money to come and lord i'm not going to think about it one more time the rest of the while i'm at this church i'm just going to praise you and the pennies are dropped in the plate, and you know, when you hear coins, it's not as good as when you hear silence, because silence means bills, coins. Now nowadays inside, we don't know what that means. But the ministers back then, Willie, they would listen as the offering was being taken. Now old timers have told me this, and the more you heard, the more nervous you got. And the more quiet it was, the more happy you got. Because happy meant bills, coins meant pennies. And they're listening, and he's 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 not paying attention to whether there's coins or whether there's bills. And at the end of the week, the pastor said, I've never seen this in all my years of ministry. He said, Pastor, Brother Hagen, look, 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 look what came in. And it was what he had asked for, plus I think a few extra dollars on top of that. And he said, I've never seen this. I've never seen this. And Dad Hagen smiled and he said, Father, you've proved to me it works. He said, from this moment forward, this is how I run my financial ministry. And he never changed to the day he died. And everything he needed came in. They had the jet. They had the ministry. They had the land. They had everything. That simple approach. I understand who's holding the money back. It's not God. It's the devil. I claim what I need. I tell the devil to take his hands off it. I release my angels. I charge them to go and bring to me what was held back. You see that? But I got to give them the command of faith. See, when you say angels go, it's like you're rousing them to action like those dogs. And they go off in front of you because they're faster. The dogs can run faster than you. They go out in front of you to pick up the trail. And then, and they see what are the dogs? The dogs are leading the horses. This is where the fox is hiding. This is where the stag is hiding. Because they can, listen, even in that it's an amazing symbolism. They can smell in ways you can't smell. They have scents that you don't even smell. Angels know where the money is. They've got a smell. They can pick up the scent of the money you need. They know who's got it. They know who they're going to influence. They know if that person's going to listen or not. Then they're going to go to another one who is going to listen. And they're out in front of you. And you're just riding along. Hallelujah. It's all coming in. Next time you're stressed, just think of this. Just do this. Maybe you're in the bank. Maybe you're standing there and you're thinking, Lord, I don't know what to do. Just stand there and go, Hallelujah. It's all coming and they'll think you're crazy. They'll get the butterfly net. Just knock them out and keep going. Father, I praise you. I'm on my horsey. The angels are in front of me. See, I have to do weird things so you'll memorize. See, now you remember that image. So when you're nervous and you, and you slap, husband's the only time I give you permission to slap your wife, but you better do it nice and sweet because you do too hard. I'll come after you. Just give her a little, just a little nip on the hand when she's whining and wailing and crying. And and ladies, when your husband does it, I give you permission to haul off and hit him as hard as you can. As hard as you can, preferably right in the chops, right there. Slap the, slap the doubt right out of him and say, no, honey, we're just praising the Lord that it's all coming in. We're on our horse. The angels have gone in front of us. They've picked up the scent that's right, yeah. They're causing it to come yeah. what is being held back that rotten devil that lying greedy rich man So to speak we've caused he told him take his hands off that money yes. We've claimed it and god is bringing it to pass for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah I'm telling you that's doctrine my brother and sister. That means that we've got it jenny yes. We've got it The angels is out working for us even tonight for what we need to feed the poor in the Philippines He's out working tonight to meet that 40,000 budget. They're out working tonight to meet that 438 glorious thousand dollars for our special annual projects this year No amount bothers the angels it only bothers our mind But angels know he can influence and he'll influence this church before he influences a stranger Do you understand? So when you feel prompted to do something, obey your blessing, your harvest is connected to that act of obedience. Hallelujah. This stuff works, Reverend Greg. We got doctrine, James 5, 4, Hebrews 1, 14. Three witnesses in two verses that they are there to assist us with financial areas. So don't whine about it. Don't cry about it. It's not going to help. Don't plead. Don't beg. Don't cry to God. like It won't help you. It will not help you just give you a headache. It won't help you. Do what the prophet taught us, what Jesus taught him. It works. That's how we've learned to run our ministry. That's how I've learned to run my personal finances. It works. It works. Hallelujah. Now, a couple things as we close. I just wanted to, I've given you those two on finances, but I just want to give you, hallelujah. I just want to give you just a few other categories. Uh, And this is not an exhaustive list, of course, but this is just a few thoughts that I penned about other areas that minister, that angels help us in if you're interested to know because it's not just money it's not just the torgia and elemosinary okay and the haloo it's not just those areas of money although we've we've talked about that at length because i wanted you to get it deep on the inside of you but also you know and i'll just give you some interesting things because a lot of people don't think of this when it comes to angels because we've been taught to listen to the holy ghost and he's, he's chief, and he's right, and he's always the one we listen to. And no matter what happens out there in that realm, it's always going to be bear witness with your spirit by the Holy Ghost. But do you realize that angels can actually give you direction? Because in Acts chapter 8, 26, uh, the angel gave Philip direction. Mm-hmm. Gave direction for his ministry. Uh, it says the angel spoke first, and then the Holy Ghost spoke second. So the Holy Ghost is not in competition with angels. Whatever if an angel does give you direction, it's got to line up with the word and it's got to line up with the inner witness because there'll always be an inner witness, but it is possible for angels to give direction. It is scriptural because the Holy Spirit and angels work together. And that's eight, Acts 8:26. 8, also Acts 10:1. I'm not reading it for the sake of time, but with Cornelius. Now remember angels can't preach. But angels can tell you where to go to hear the message preached. And they told Cornelius go to this place and that's where Peter was preaching. Mm-hmm. and then they got born again He was the first sinner the first uh, Gentile to ever get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost remember that story yeah. And that's where we get the famous Acts 10:38 from that was part of Peter's sermon How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power he went about doing good to healing all the sick All the oppressed of the devil. He was preaching that to the first Gentile about to be converts And as he's preaching about how Jesus did this wonderful thing for humanity, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost decided, Peter, you've preached long enough. And he fell on the crowd in the middle of his sermon. And not only did they, they all started speaking in tongues, but you say, but hold on, nobody came up and said the sinner's prayer. We didn't have the ushers take them to the room and say, repeat after me. I, Craig Field, receive you, Lord Jesus Christ, Into my heart as my personal savior. I call upon your name. I confess that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from that. I am now that none of that happened. That's that's that that that's heresy. Why why didn't God do it the way we like it done? Organized and structured. The Holy Ghost, they got born again sitting and hearing how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And they're listening and they're thinking, I want this Jesus. Oh, I I love you, Jesus. I call upon you, Jesus. And they're saying that in their heart. And they got born again in their chair and Peter didn't even know they'd got born again. And then the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to just bypass the preacher because they're already saved and I want to bless him. And he falls on the whole crowd and they begin to speak in tongues in the middle of his sermon. It's like us going to the Philippines and they're all unsaved and I'm preaching a great sermon and all of a sudden they all speak in tongues. I'd be saying, hold hold, hold it. This is out of thine order. You haven't come up. You haven't said, I receive thou Jesus into my heart. We haven't done all of that god just don't care about all that stuff he's looking at the heart he's looking at the heart he's looking at the sinner's heart when the sinner's crying out in his heart while the minute word is being preached they're saved right there and then he just bypasses all of our rules and regulations and gives them the holy ghost in the middle of the sermon i just think that's glorious get me started on that i'm not even preaching on that i just that just blesses me but what it, the angel gave direction of where to go to hear the gospel Notice that so angels can give direction. What about Joseph and Mary? That's right. The angel came and gave direction in a dream, mind you. Yeah. And so Joseph, you stay here, they're gonna kill you. Go on yonder. And then don't come back till I tell you. I'll wait till the Herod's dead, the one who seeks the child's life's dead. When he's dead, you come back. And all this gold, frankincense and myrrh, that's your, that's your little nest egg to pay for all your two years in Egypt. Go stay at the Marriott. Don't stay at Motel Six. Stay at the nice place. This is Jesus we're talking about. Those guys bought a lot of gold. You go stay at the. In fact, stay at the Trump Tower while you're there. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. So, angel brought direction. Now you say, well, the angel had to. He wasn't born again. He couldn't hear the inner witness of the Holy Ghost, and there'd be truth in that. Cornelius couldn't hear the inner witness because he wasn't born again. That's true. But but Philip was born again. Philip was a minister. Philip was filled with the Holy Ghost. Philip could hear the Spirit of God, but the angels spoke, then the Spirit of God spoke. So we see in Scripture, angels can lead as long as it's in line with the inner witness. Are you with me? Uh, another area, that's money is one, direction is another. What about strength is another one. Uh, and you see, well, people just think angels are just there to protect you. Angels are there to strengthen you. When Jesus was very weak in the garden and he was under tremendous pressure, the Bible says the angels stood beside him, Acts 22, verse 43, and strengthened him. Yeah, that's right. When you're under great pressure, angels can come and help you. Yeah. Do you remember when Elijah was on, 1 Kings 19, 1 to 8, when he's running from Jezebel and he faints yeah. and, he's, and he's exhausted and he says, let me die. Thank God for ministers that want to just be dead. <laughs> I mean, not, not a whole lot of faith there, was it? I mean, the great prophet asking just to die young. You see, that's why, that's why James says he was a man of like passions as us. And he went through problems like us. And just because he called fire down and he did all these amazing things, he's still just a normal guy just like you. That's what James said. And at one point he wanted to die just like all of you have felt at times that you want to die. But an angel stood beside him in that wilderness, strengthened him. And listen, now you can't claim this, but the angel made him lunch. Like you can't say, angel, I'm so tired. Would you go to McDonald's, please? No, just call Uber. They're not your Uber driver. But in his case, the angel actually made him food. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. That that was better than Red Bull. I mean, that was like not five hour energy, that was 1,000 hour energy drink. The angel manufactured from heaven's ingredients. And he went 40 days in that angel food and drink. Isn't that amazing? I'm not saying you can claim them, but I'm just saying angels can bring you strength. Yes. They can help you. Are you still with me? Yes. Praise God. And Matthew, I don't know what this verse is about. I wrote it down, but I didn't write an explanation. Don't you love it when you do that? Matthew 4, 11, unless I'm wrong. Oh, no, that's good. I wasn't wrong, Taylor, even though he thought I was. You nodded your head there when I said, unless <laughs> I'm wrong. And he's like, yep, yep, you are. <laughs> then the devil left Jesus after tempting him in the wilderness. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus was physically weak. Those angels came and strengthened him. On that last day, I was so weak, beyond weak. I, I, was, I just couldn't stop. My, the, my body was just shaking. I couldn't, I was so weak. And two angels came and stood on either side of me. One put his left hand on my right shoulder. One put his right hand on my left shoulder. And within about five seconds, all that weakness, all that pain instantly left. And I felt like I'd, I'd had a big meal. And I was completely strong. And I could feel their hands on my shoulders. Angels can bring strength when you're weak. They can bring finances. They can bring direction. Just listen to the Holy Ghost primarily. They can bring strength. Praise God for the help of angels in our life. They can protect us against evil forces. Pastor Nancy said to me, she said, I think publicly too, but I know she told me privately. She said, and the first time, it was first or second year that Brother Copeland came after dad went home. And then he got in the spirit in the green room and he said, no, I no, 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 you don't. No, you won't touch her. I command you to stop that. He got in the spirit. He didn't tell her what he saw, but then sometime later, actually just somewhat recently, she had a vision and she saw this demon spirit that was so vicious and violent and aggressive and scary looking and it was trying to lunge at her to kill her. And two massive angels stood beside that demon and had him by each of his arms and was restraining him from attacking Pastor Nancy. And God spoke to her and said, those were the angels released when Brother Copeland said, no, you don't. Now, listen to me. Uh, It's beyond just the angel principle. She said to me, she said, Pastor Craig, it matters who you're connected with. She said, because... I, my anointing and my authority in that situation wasn't strong enough or wasn't whatever enough because God needed a higher office to protect me and to help me and to give a command from a higher anointing to protect me from that demon that wanted to kill me. And if I had not been rightly connected, I don't know what would have happened because those angels came because of him, not because of me. There are some times there that you need to be in church and you need to be around that anointing of the pastor because certain things will be released. To and I'm not saying that manipulatively because you've got authority yourself. And I preach a lot on your authority. But to balance it, there's also certain things that come from other offices that you can't get on your own. But because you're rightly connected, certain things are released into your life. And maybe it's years down the road, but there'll be a rescue for you. Oh, I'm so grateful for that story. There was a rescue years later because of that anointing, releasing those angels to save her life. What if she decided not to have them that year? What if she decided it's too expensive? What if you decided, I don't feel like going to church? You never know what you're missing. Protection against evil forces. Remember those, those, those businessmen that wanted to take advantage of Dad Hagen. And that angel stood, Jesus came and spoke to him, and then he said, that, that guy's got a message for you. And he said, why don't you tell me, Jesus? You're here. And he said, no, it's been a sign for him to give you the message. And that man, that angel, Dad Hayden called him a big fellow. He was standing to the right and behind Jesus. He was huge. And he started talking to him and said, do not go into business with those men. They will, they will, they will hurt you, and this will go wrong, and that will go wrong. You see, they gave direction But what did that direction include? Protection from financial failure. (laughs) Praise God that they protect us, not just from demons, but even from financial failure. And then of course, with the Taco Bell thing, they were protecting his finances, even though they were bringing, they were telling him they've come to help you with finances, but because they were in a war, what were they doing? They were fighting for his finances. You don't have to fight for your finances. You don't have to fight for it. Let the angels fight for it. That's their job. They know what they're doing. You don't. All you have to do is say, I claim it. it. They will take your hands off it. Angels go and cause it to come. Father, I praise you. Let them figure out the war. My job is just to praise. But they do protect your finances in that realm with war. Oh, my God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Remember in Matthew 2, 3, they delivered them. Again, some of this overlaps, but they delivered Jesus from danger by sending him through the dream To Egypt, they delivered Jesus from Herod. Remember, with Lot, the Bible says in Genesis nineteen sixteen that the two angels came and delivered him from the destruction. They were there protecting him from destructive forces, which was God's judgment in that case. Are you with me? Psalm Psalm thirty four verse seven: The angel of the Lord encampeth about. You know that word in the Hebrew means pitches a tent to abide, to stay, to dwell. To wait with you, the angel of the Lord pitches a tent. He's not rushing to leave; he campeth about those that fear the Lord to deliver them. Hoo-hoo-hoo. My God, and that word means to fight for, to to arm you. To to uh, there's a lot of different different definitions for delivereth them, but it literally means to pull the enemy off you and to strip him of his power. When demons come against me, the angel of the Lord encamps about me to deliver me, and he does not leave my side, and he is there 24-7. He pitches a tent and takes up permanent residence around me. And when those enemies try to attack me, he jumps on them, strips them of their power, and drives them off. They are there to deliver me from evil forces. And then, of course, Psalm 35, 1 to 7, remember there's two verses that says that the angel of the Lord persecute them. That the angel that means to chase in terror. Let the angel of the Lord cause their way to become slippery. You don't want to mess with believers when they've got angels at their disposal to make your way slippery. Meaning you mess with believers, you're going to fall. The angel actually in the Hebrew, it means the angel will push you down and cause you to fall. Angels don't just lift people up. They push people down. Angels make sure that people fail in certain things when it comes to your covenant. Those that stand against you angels are here to help us So they are here for a variety of reasons for money help for direction help for strength help to protect us against dark forces I'm almost done. I'm just giving you some further ones. They also help us with favor They prosper you in the way they give you things that money can't buy I like psalm 512 and I say it every day favor Encompasses encompasses me about as a shield That means I am protected shield means protection. I'm protected 360 degrees by favor angels You've heard psalm 512 come out of my mouth. I'm the body of God You hearken to the word of God do what I say and cause protection to uh, favor to surround me 360 degrees today everywhere. I turn every situation I face. I will have favor And angels do it I've seen the most astonishing things happen that I don't even know how it happens. I sometimes I, 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 I claim, I don't always claim it. I should claim it more, but I walked in the bank one day. I was on my way and I was rushing and I was late and I said, Lord, I don't know. And I saw the lineup out the door. You know, when you see the lineup out the door, you know it's gonna be a long haul. And I was rushing to get to a minister. I had to give him money. And I had the, the, they had a bank draft for me. And I, they said, wait in line. And they asked the teller. And I'm looking out the door. And, I, and as I was walking down, I could see the line out the door. And I said, angel, you can talk to them. Don't be weird about it. But I said, angel, favor encompasses about me as a shield. Now go forth in Jesus' name and get me in there. I need to be in and out in less than five minutes. And somebody saw me. I'm standing in the line. somebodys Is your name Craig? Uh Uh-huh. Would you please come here, sir, into my office? I have what you need. I said, how did you know? Oh, somebody called and said that you were coming. I do not know any of the staff members that called. I don't know how that happened But I just know that they said would you come and I walked it feels so good to walk past that line And you can feel their stares boring into the back of your head And you can hear the cuss words coming out of their dirty little mouths What the thing did he beep do you think you're doing? <laughs> I got angels buddy. You don't I'm not getting arrogant about it But but that was I needed help and and I don't know Maybe a staff member did call and didn't tell me or I don't know but somehow they knew And they were looking for me when they're that busy they're not looking for you you're looking for them they're not looking for you i'm telling you i've had experience after experience after experience like that with angels where i know the angel caused that to come to pass we've had people that couldn't get jobs and the angel caused thing remember jenny caused a think tank and they said i don't know why but i'm compelled to help you i've called in all of our staff and we're going to try to solve this problem And I'm like, like, why are you doing that? I don't know, but I feel I have to help you. That's my angel influencing them. And they worked out and rewrote a code in a computer at the government, at the place where they hire people. Because we needed a, a, what what do you call it, Jenny? A grant for somebody to be hired. And they said, no, they don't qualify. And we said, but they do. And then they said, well, you're right, they do. But the computer system's rejecting it. We don't understand why. If the computer system won't accept it, we can't give you the money for the grant. I said, angel, go. I remember doctor was in the green room. And I heard the Lord say, send out my angels. And I didn't want to do it in front of him. So I went to the green room hallway and I said, angel, now you go. But before that service was over, she called me. She said, I don't know. I felt this overwhelming compulsion that I have to help you. So I called all of our IT. This is at the government. The government don't like to work. I worked at the government. They take breaks all day long. That's unusual to call a special IT conference to help some nobody. And they rewrote the code. Amen. And they said, now when we click submit, it worked. The check is on the way. You've got your grant. And I walked into the green room after. I said, Doctor, do you remember I told you we'd send out? Here? He goes, Yeah. I said, They just rewrote the code. He goes, Glory to God. This stuff works, doesn't it? This is called favor. Angels will help you with that kind of stuff. Almost done. Uh, Healing services and healing parts. We don't know fully how it all works, but angels can bring parts. Angels have healing assignments. They're not the healer, but they can bring parts. And we know from scripture because the water was stirred and an angel stirred that water. So what happened? The angel brought some kind of something because when you jumped in, you got healed. And that was an angel that did it. So I don't fully understand how it all works. And you can't ask an angel to heal you. But you ask Jesus, you you thank God that Jesus has healed you and you receive that healing by faith. But angels can bring body parts. I know with Dr. Jacobs, there's one angel that out of his index finger comes a laser beam. And all he does is lungs. And when there's lungs, his eyes are often opened. He sees the angel and it goes like a movie. And he goes with a laser beam over the lung. And they go back to the doctor. They have a brand new lung. But that's the only thing that that angel helps them with his lungs There's another angel that helps them with backs. There's another angel that helps them with with other body parts hearts And that's all they do is help them with hearts and, and body parts So angels can assist they're not the healer But they can assist in the healing ministry and they can bring body parts as needed Praise God for the help of angels Hallelujah Angels can also influence people to do The will of God to show up to church I release angels every week. Angels go and cause the people to do agape, influence them to be faithful in their attendance, faithful in their tithing, faithful in their ministry of helps, faithful in their praying, faithful in their evangelism. Angels can influence people to be faithful. Now you still have the choice, but they can, they can remind you, they can influence you. I know Dr. Jacobs was preaching once and, uh, and, and the minister's eyes were opened in the spirit as he was preaching and they saw an angel standing beside him and everywhere Dr. Jacobs would move, that angel was right there that would move with him. And then every now and then, the minister would see him turn, the angel would turn his head and whisper into Dr. Jacobs' ear. Dr. Jacobs didn't know he was there or what he was doing, but he was whispering a thought into his ear, into his mind. And as soon as he would see that angel whisper, Dr. Jacobs would say, oh, I I just felt the Lord tell me to say this. And then he'd be preaching and then he'd see the angel turn and go, didn't say, oh, I just heard the Holy Ghost say this. He thought it was the Holy Ghost. It was an angel. There's things that angels can do that will boggle your mind. They can help with influencing people. They can also help with executing of assignments for your life, like Philippines and different things. They're assigned to different countries. They're assigned to different parts of your life. There's angels that can help you with your business. There's other angels that'll help you with your children. There's angels that will help you with your marriages. There's angels that are assigned to different things to execute different assignments. You just have to to release your faith that they will do those different assignments as you need. And last and finally, don't forget that angels will come, and this is not an exhaustive list, but the ninth thing I had on my list, just 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 thinking off the top of my head here. Not an exhaustive list, but these are some of the main things that angels do, is they bring utterances. Remember that, that angel said to Pastor Nancy not too long ago, I have come with utterance for the revelation given. Through Norval Hayes. And then when she was preaching, the same utterance that Norval Hayes had for that subject of worship, that, that angel gave her utterance to speak the revelation. And then she had that vision and service, and she saw the angel pull a little drawer out of my throat. I don't know if you can see it, but it's there. I've checked this I was evening. I couldn't find it. I looked very hard. You know those, those mirrors that magnify for the, you know, for your face, ladies? All of you know what I'm talking about. The men don't. If the men do, then I'm really concerned for you. I need to lay hands on you. But some of you ladies, you know the mirror, and it's really big and makes all your pores look disgusting, even though they're not. So I've checked that mirror. Is there a drawer? I can't find. Is there a a little hook somewhere? I can't find it. But in the supernatural realm, she saw the angel come up to me and pull a drawer out of my throat and put a scroll in the drawer and stick it back in my throat, and that is the utterance. And she said, at times, you're going to sense that anointing come in your throat. She said, there's an utterance from an angel to speak forth revelation when you do. And I noticed that strongest when I preach on authority and the blood. And then on the fast, God told me, the reason you feel that anointing the strongest in your mouth and in your throat on those two subjects is because those are the subjects I've assigned to you to preach all over the world when you go. is to preach on faith and authority, which are kind of, they go twin together, and the blood. And of course, casting out devils as well, but, but that will produce casting out devils. He said, "That's what I've assigned. That's why you that's the utterance given to me. Angels can actually give ministers utterance, yes. and when you don't know what to say in certain situations, yeah. angels can give you utterance. Yes. Now you're not. Don't 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 be weird with it. You're just saying, Holy Ghost, thank you for helping me. But I'm just saying, angels can do more than what you think they can do. They are amazing beings. Thank God, we're not alone." When you wake up tomorrow, Sandy, you know God's in you, and you look to your spirit to say, Jesus, good morning, I love you, Holy Ghost. Good morning, Spirit of God. But remember, there's a big fellow standing right there beside you. You may not notice him, you may not see him, you may not sense him, but he's standing right there, and all he's interested that whole day is just you. His entire purpose in life is just you. And the more you say, angel, now I claim this, go. Now I claim that, go. You keep that angel busy all day long. And if you don't, if you don't, rouse him to action with words of incitement. If you don't say halloo, so to speak, he just sits there. But he's got lots of stuff to help you with. So start to claim things. Start to claim things. Start to release him. Start to release him. And he'll work for you. Because all he's interested in is helping you. Thank God, Nicole, that you're not alone. Sharon, you're not alone. You might feel alone, but you're not alone. You're not alone, Deanne. You might wake up feeling alone. But there's a big guy standing right there. Be aware that he's there. You might not always feel him. You probably won't see him. And don't talk to him in a weird way. But say, now, big fella, go in Jesus' name. They will obey. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, I've given you some some doctrine here to help you with angels. And the Lord said, put this on the radio. So I've been putting all of this series on the radio so that people out there, most Christians have never heard a teaching on angels ever in their life. And if they have, they think that they're small, little fat babies with little harps and bows and arrows. And that's about all they think about angels. And they have no clue, no, I'm serious. And then on the new age, people love talking about angels, but in a totally inappropriate, weird, strange, and new, new age way where now you've got to name your angel and he'll have conversations with you. And when you hear the little bell ring, then the angel's there to serve you tea. You had no idea what's out there. Don't read those books. They'll corrupt your mind. We go with the word and I'm putting it on the radio because poor people out there need to understand what angels really are and that they can actually help them. And they're not to be worshiped and they're not to be talked to and they're not to be named. And that just because dad Hagen knew Michaelini and Michaelini, just because God told him those are the two angels that work with you, doesn't mean you should going to know your name, your angel's names. You understand? And don't get weird with that. Well, one's Bob and one's Frank. Well, just leave it alone. You don't need to know their names. I don't know their names. You don't need to know their names. Okay. Dad Hagen did, but he was different. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the help of your mighty beings, your mighty angelic hosts that have been assigned to us as the church. They are here to work with the body of Christ. They are sent forth to minister unto us who have inherited salvation. So Father, I thank you as we've talked about this now for three or four weeks in a row and we've been, we've been giving time to it. I keep trying to move on and you keep telling me keep going. There's more, there's more the people need to hear. Nor will I feel now it's done. I can move on. But Father, I've given them some scriptures, especially on money with doctrine. I've given them some other scriptures on other areas as well. Let us use these mighty beings. They're at our disposal. Let us use them. Let us be skillful and not strange, not new age, not weird. But let us be biblical in our use of them and they will assist us. And I give you praise and I give you thanks in Jesus, Jesus name. Amen.